seventeenth episode of the Hollyoaks podcast. Uh, my name is Jay, aka Brother Soap, and I'm joined today by my girls Elle, Denise, Han, and Sarah. How Hello. you guys doing? Hello. Hello. So I am very excited to tape this week's show because I think Hollyoaks over these past three weeks has been better than I've seen it in the past year. Uh, and let's just go ahead on and, and get it going. Um, I guess we could talk first about, I guess, some casting news. Uh, Cheryl is leaving the show. We already know Brendan Brady is leaving the show. Um, how do you guys feel about those big cast changes among with, you know, Jim Abyssin's Claire Devine returning to Hollyoaks and them getting a big EastEnders star to come on the show. How are you guys feeling about casting on the show Mitzi's right going as well, isn't she? And Mitzi, yeah. Yep. Crazy. Um, How are y'all feeling about that? I think this is, um, I think it's about time. I mean, there's it's always every couple of years, every between two to five years that they've had these changes in cast and and people that have been in the village leave and then there are people who are new people who coming who have to come into the village that's the that's the process of a soap opera you know it's going it's bound to happen i mean so i i mean i know that people are saying oh my god the show will never be the same it's going to lose it's just going to lose Rubbish. its character <laughs> exactly <laughs> Because you know, I guess the thing that's been the show most existed two years before, before. Brendan Brady showed up, way but before you know, I get Minerverks came up, and I understand these are fan favorites, and I under I get it, but you know what? Look beyond your fan favorite. This is about keeping the show current. I guess the thing for me is I, I just with Brian Kirkwood coming in, if I was one of the actors on that show, I wouldn't be trying to go anywhere. <laughs> Cause I, I just would figure even just looking at the stuff that has already been written for those characters on canvas, he's given them so much good material. And I'm like, y'all good actors are leaving under this kick ass producer. What are y'all doing? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I keep on getting them paychecks. Cause I feel like just staying there under his regime is just going to, give people the opportunity to get more awards and more recognition because the show is so phenomenally good. I just can't believe I'm just like, y'all, it's crazy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Did anybody see it like that or were y'all just like, bye? No, I didn't really like that. I, I don't. I mean, it's not like the show let them go. It's like they chose to. That was their decision. And he basically, I mean, like, he probably did try to give them something to say, okay, well, we'll work this out with Cheryl or Mitzi for uh, the end of 2013, from now until the end of 2013. And maybe they just said, you know, I think my time is up. Because they've all basically said that they were done, that no one was forcing them out. And I think that there would have been something there for Kirkwood to work with in regards to these characters. 
So, L, Hannah, and Tara, were any of you guys surprised that the, deci- the, the actors made the decision to leave the show? If we want to talk about uh, the characters that, you know, Cheryl and Brendan and Mitzi, were you surprised by that or did you uh, kind of expect it? Not particularly. It? I kind of expected it because um, they're all getting sort of opportunities elsewhere. And I can understand those sort of like, there are some characters on the show that obviously stay all a long time. And there are other mm-hmm. characters that are there for a brief time. And yes, they might be big characters and people love them. But then new characters come in and you'll grow to love them as well. So I think it's just a case of, you know, it's just, yeah, like um, yeah. De- Denise said, it's, it's a soap opera. Um, so that's what kind of how it goes. But I think it's really exciting in a way mm-hmm. because... Um, it's going to give, like, those three characters have been such a big, mm-hmm. you know, part of the show and the, some of the main storylines for so lo- for the last two years. Um, and now it's chance for some new characters to come in as the new main sort of characters or maybe give them more stuff to do and more material to work with. And, I, yeah, I think it'll be exciting. Right. Hannah, it sounded like you were trying to chime in too, sweetie. Yeah, see, I think with the, with some characters and some like as the l said that there are some people that you can they can be on the show and they can be on there a long time and they can't get boring but there are characters that are like brendan where after two years pretty much done all you can within that character without like trying to do what they've half done what they half did under emma whatever her face is where they tried to change it but didn't really work because it just came across really badly Whereas now it seems like now we're under um, Kirkwood stuff, it seems like they're going sort of, well, we at least see the changed Brendan, but there's not a lot changed, if that makes any sense. But anyways, I think, I don't know, I just think there are some characters that need to go and like with Emmett, he's always said that he would know when he, he needed to go, whereas the character just, he never wanted to get boring with the character. And he didn't want to get boring, so that's why he decided to leave, basically. Plus, he think he's gone to L.A. now, hasn't he? Something like that. I think it would leave. also be, um, oh, on the note of Brandon, I think it would also mm. be a bit ridiculous for them to keep having him murder people, get away with it, and then, you know, like, and never have him ever, sort of, it ever come to any kind of conclusion on that. Yes, and especially like, if they want to continue to say that he's changed or he's changing. I mean, I personally think that the show didn't want him to change. No. They wanted they 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 kept put, put, um, holding out that change carrot, and people kept nibbling at it, thinking, "Oh, it was actually real." But he didn't change. Everybody else had to morph into what they wanted him to be, like how Cheryl, and it and it goes back to those um, Hollyoaks later episodes and where she'd said, I wanted to believe my brother was such a way. And I had this fantasy image of him. Mm. It's the same thing that is going going right now with Steve. I mean, Steve wants to believe so badly that Brendan has changed, but he but Brendan continues to do these little outbursts. And and I'm sorry, but Steve cannot continue to keep having random sex with him to calm him down. Or kiss him because like that one scene where Steve thought he was going to get hit, and it was a salt shaker, and all of a sudden um, Brendan like went behind his back, went behind him, and and 
did something with the salt shaker, Steve looked like he was going to get hit. Now, you know, I, I don't just, get, I don't I see saw that you, how when, when that scene played, Denise, Denise, when that scene played, I heard you in my head. Because <laughs> on a previous podcast, you had noted how he always looks so scared looks so when scared. that guy approaches him. And that's all I could see in that scene. I was like, what is, it, it was just like and the embodiment that, of unhealthiness. And that's what I see. Whenever I see any type of scene that's supposed to be sexual or romantic with Steve and Brendan, and I'm sorry, I know other people see it differently. I can't, that image cannot get out of my head because he looks, I'm not sure if Kieran knows what he's doing, but it looks like terrified to me. Well, Brendan did say that he likes listening to music about uh, men who will murder their lovers. So (laughs) if that wasn't enough of an indication. Other people (laughs) caught that too. And I am a Johnny Cash fan, but that, I mean, Johnny really wasn't always about murdering people, but that's the one thing that he picked up from Johnny Cash. Mm. I was like, oh, wow. (laughs) That was like, okay. Oh and Steve's all, doo-doo-doo, I'm a Cheryl Cole man myself, doo-doo-doo. Okay, fool. <laughs> all right. Tara, how you feeling about the upcoming cast changes, baby girl? You feel like the characters need to go? Are you surprised by anybody that's leaving? Um. Yeah, well, I'm kind of surprised. I didn't expect Cheryl to leave. I didn't, I didn't expect Missy, um, Rachel Shelton. And I was kind of really sad because I really love those two characters as well, apart from Brendan. So I was kind of sad, but... I can't understand, you know, like, you know, they're, they're making, um, having new cast come in and, you know, like, things changing and stuff like that, which I'm fine with, you know, like, if it's a decision to understand, you know, being in a soap and they've kind of been there for a long while and everybody wants to try something new and different, you know. So, I mean, I'm sad about it because, you know, of course, those are characters I love. So, you know, otherwise, but I don't mind. I'm kind of interested to see where, like, you know, these two characters come in, like, how they are. But I'm kind of wary because, like, last time, you know, sometimes, like, when you bring in new characters, they can't always act, you know? So that's just my only kind of, you know, what I'm worried about. But otherwise, this, I don't... If this no. were a U.S. soap, I'd be more concerned about them bringing in actors who can't act. The U.K. seems to cast pretty well, so I'm not as concerned about that. But I do feel like you, Tara. Like, I was surprised by Mitzi and Cheryl because I just thought both of those characters had so much potential storyline, even in the absence of Brendan. I mean, Mitzi's sister was just brought on canvas. Her lover was murdered in the show she's a great character i mean they could have done a million things yeah, with I mean, her. probably all right and we can say probably mitzi trying to come to terms with certain things and moving on and you know like i don't know like exit story with the i don't know how to feel about it but i just want to know i guess you know plays out but what our last episode is monday right so i mean i don't know like you know she'll leave and she's then i don't know. I guess i kind of have to that the kids leave and she kind of leave kind of like happy, I guess. But I just didn't really expect that. Yeah. And, you know, I was happy. Like, I was like, wow, shit, I actually finally get the guy. And, you know, I'd love to see, like, what happened now and whatever. Yes. And then, you know, then she leaves, you know. So I'm just kind of like, oh, my gosh. And then, you know, yes. of course, I love Brendan. And I just kind of saw that he, he leaves as well. But, you know, it's okay. I mean, everything 
still happening. We already knew that he was going to sleep for a while now. It's not surprising, yeah. but for me, you know, and like other fans who like him, it's really, it's really sad. So. Yeah. And I, I did think it was kind of silly because uh, I've seen the scenes where Nate has come back and started interacting with Cheryl and she's got her wonderful millionaire now mm-hmm. and she can go on and be yeah. successful and yeah. happy. Yeah. But I guess for me, Cheryl, I think that character has gotten a short end of the stick yeah. so long. I was mm-hmm. hoping that Nate coming back and maybe her finding out the truth about her brother and having some business success might start to see us see a positive trend for that Mm -hmm. character and we could grow and love her even more, but she's gone. So it just makes me a little sad, but let me talk about the happy news. I mentioned this, but you guys didn't. Claire Devine is back. I believe it. (laughs) Wasn't she in jail or something like that? Yeah. She went to jail after, um, because the she came back with the Warren, last right? time, yeah. Because she got arrested because of what she tried to do with Warren. But I didn't really like that ending for her. It was kind of unsatisfactory for me. Exactly, and that's why I'm glad she's back. First ending was great. I was yes. glad she for a short time, but I I, I think. Now that she's going to be in place, like I already figured Halios would be great with regards to their villain, but with Claire Devine back in charge, you know she's going to be messing with that damn club. I think. (laughs) Yeah, she's obsessed with that club. And I would not be surprised if Warren Fox is coming back too, because that would be fire. I I would love it. It would be awesome. So, uh, L, I heard you screaming. You're happy that Claire's back? (laughs) Yeah. And also, I was just saying, I want to see Claire versus Mercedes. Yeah, because they never really interacted. They never really kind of got into it when Claire was on the show. I mean, yeah, because like uh, Mercedes wasn't, yeah, she wasn't really involved with the club or anything because that was basically uh, Claire's mission. She wanted to own that club. Mm. So that was her holy grail. That was her like the ring, whatever. What do they call it in um, Lord of the Rings? Her precious. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so you know I felt about Claire as well. Was she was never like you know how can to like soften villains huh? up. She was never softened yeah. up. She was like no. cold hard bitch no. all the way through, and she never had like that soft side, that vulnerable mm-hmm. side. She was just purely like out for herself. Yeah. She was yes. a, a good old proper villain. Well, and I'm gonna she, tell you, as was tough she went as off she... on that Tom. And Look, like, why Why are you and I on the same page, Denise? I was opening my mouth to say, she as tough Tom. and as strong as Tom has been in these scenes these past couple weeks, when she comes back Tom on the screen like, and she much. shares the first scene with him, that is going to be I something went, she'd be like, oh, you're still here. I'm old. Oh, if, if those are the words that come out of her mouth, I will love it. Because she didn't she say, like, everyone around you dies? Yeah, I, I swear to God, I thought she said that one time. She's like, everyone, everyone around you dies. You're like an evil little kid or something like that. I'm gonna make a prediction right now. Claire Devine better watch out for Tom. He's already fat. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say she better watch out. Uh, Hannah, as we were talking, I heard you saying, "Oh my God!" Were you reacting to something else, or were you reacting to Claire Devine? Yeah, I was reacting to um, her because I, I, because I've got like a bad memory. I was just like half remembering what she did and you guys are reminding me of all what she did and I was like remembering how good she was so yes it is gonna be excellent
what the hell, which scene or storyline over the past three weeks make you, may oh just say, what the hell, I already know what mine is. If y'all been following me, y'all know too. <laughs> okay, my what the hell was Walker walking straight through the village into the pub, which Riley used to own, sitting down and having a pipe, and nobody <laughs> took it turning around going, oh yes, that's that murderous guy that murdered the guy that owned oh. this pub. Oh my gosh, what's he doing here? Was Seriously. there no one else in there? Was like Mitzi not in there or Brendan? It was like a p- empty, yeah, so right? Or that's what I'm thinking. Did Frankie or Jackie just serve him and just like not even wait? They went. Register? He was the dog. He was yeah, in the they dog. Were at the dog having yeah, a drink. The dog. They were just chilling. And then a, there was a scene where he was just randomly sitting <laughs> talking on the phone. Must have been someone like, else. Maybe it was um. Maybe it was, um, what's Patrick's daughter's name? Sienna? Maybe she was in the club and she doesn't know who he is. No, but it was just a really good scene. It was played out really well. He was extremely paranoid because you remember what happened. Seamus, <laughs> Seamus had, he was walking or, or, or Seamus had knocked into him or something yeah, and it yeah. dropped paper. Yeah. And uh, Seamus had just had a win and he wanted to go celebrate. So he invited Walker to go and have a drink. And Walker really wasn't trying to. He was trying to get away because he ain't supposed to be in Gee. town. Seamus yeah. insisted. And it was so perfect because he was paranoid and Walker was looking like all around to make sure nobody <laughs> saw it. I, it was what the hell, but it was tense as hell, too. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was going to get caught or something. What'd you say, T? I thought he was going to get caught or something because, you know, everybody's trying to get away and then Seamus was like, no, no, come for the drink. And he's like, oh my God. Because Seamus so. was drunk. Yeah, he yeah. and he really wanted happy. somebody. He wanted somebody to hang out with him since his son, since Brenda didn't want to hang out with him anymore. So, <laughs> oh man, oh, I don't know why it's so funny when he calls him Brenda, but it is to me. <laughs> but that was a what the hell. Do you got one, sweetie? What was your what the hell of the week? Okay, alrighty. If I have to really, really think about my what the hell, it. It had to be when um when when Brendan kind of went off on Steve for lying about about him being with um with Steve. Now, oh. see, my whole what the hell was like it wasn't like it was unbelievable, but it was just like Brendan. Do you you do know and you do recall that Amy hates your guts? I mean, and the fact that you have threatened her children numerous times. I mean, it's it's kind of like they just it's like this tunnel vision that these characters have. Like it's just like oh, all the stuff I did before is supposed to be wiped clean. It's a blank slate. Blah blah blah. It's different now, and it's like. Um, you know what the last conversation Amy had with you was, right? That she said that she would know, she would always know, and she would always be looking out for him in regards to her kids and, and Steve. That was the last conversation Amy had with Brendan. And he's going to go around and be pissed that Steve doesn't have enough faith in him <laughs> regarding the kids. I mean, I thought that was just ridiculous, but that's just me. Because it's kind of like, you know what you did. But that was just me. 
I, I but just... Diva, he taught his Baba to <laughs> lie about Dada Brada, and I heard it, and this is bullshit. But then, and... but then a whole a whole like two weeks later, he was perfectly fine with telling um telling Leah to to not tell his father that she, he didn't take her to school. Yeah, and then says, "Oh, if you want to talk to your mom, it's fine, but just don't tell her that you're with me." I mean, so it's, it's yeah. like, okay, you know, Brendan and Logic do not go hand in hand. <laughs> you are absolutely right. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, I was sitting there during the scene thinking the same thing. <laughs> and, <laughs> do you know what? I was re- like, at first, I was all like ready to be all like, okay. But I remembered that the Diane and Sinead scene, after she slapped her, she goes and apologises to Sinead for slapping her and then tells her that she's going to hide all her billions and stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> bitch, please, you are her parent, you're a stupid... <laughs> Lots of explicits. <laughs> I just don't understand. Like, these half the mums on Hollyoaks are stupid. I just don't... Like, the, well, just these, just her... Just well, why? I, I understood it was it was a really what the hell, but I also understood it. She was first of all trying to protect her kid. Second of all, well, she's I trying to protect well, her but job. Her kid's old yeah. enough to know what she's doing. Yeah, And you're right, you're right, Han. I thought what the hell too. And actually, I was tweeting and watching the show at the same time. And when that slap came, I tweeted, "Uh oh, uh, Diane." Uh, yeah, uh, you did, uh, Diane. Yeah, I saw uh, that. You know. Uh, Showing her daughter how to handle business. Hey, it's about time adults are acting like adults on Hollyoaks. But then I watched the end of the damn episode and she taking the shit back. I'm like, girl, what is you doing? You know? So, yeah, that was what the hell. Because what happened was Diane was on the correct moral ground. Mm-hmm. And if she was a responsible, she would have held that ground. Now, that wouldn't have made it as powerful as it was when uh, later on... Uh, Ruby came and revealed the truth to everybody, which I thought played out pretty perfectly. But yeah, I thought that was a a trippy moment because, okay, but it was also, I think, kind of made sense because by Diane doing that, she showed that her daughter was truly her mother's daughter. And it showed the parallels between the two of them. Because you see, Sinead, as soon as it started looking like she was going to get cut out, oh, she straight flipped on that black girl, Ruby. All of a sudden, Ruby became the black girl she ain't want nothing to do with. She a trifling little bitch. She a little scapegoat. And that's exactly how um, how Diane kind of acted towards uh, Frankie. And I thought that was something serious. And can I ask this, because I, I want to see if the female perspective can help me understand this. I'm having a hard time understanding Frankie, okay? <laughs> nah, Frankie has been all up, down, and around the corner emotionally over the past month or so during Smithwick's tenure and during Kirkwood's. But now that the truth has come out about Ruby being the one to bully Esther, Frankie, of all people, who was putting all fault and blame on Esther, decides she's going to be the defender of Ruby, the girl the most responsible for putting Esther in that condition. 
I'm with Jack. I didn't understand. When Jack kicked that little heifer out of the house. I, I love like, that. I, I applauded. I applauded. That was perfect. And that is Jack. I have four women on the line. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> it's a man thing that I just don't understand. How could Frankie cut so hard for Ruby when her poor little jaundiced granddaughter is half dead in the hospital? What did you, how did y'all read that? I don't really know. I didn't really understand. I didn't understand Frankie a lot during those episodes because she just started, like, mm. first of all, she was talking about how selfish Esther was. And I was just like, Jack was being king because I was so glad when he kicked Ruby out of the house because I was like, she needs to sit in her own shit for a while. Like, do you know what I mean? It's, it's not like Jack like was going to sort of, leave her to be cold and starving and not thingy. But the thing is, is that she needed to sit in her shit in a while. And she did really sit in her shit in the end because she ended up being run over. But <laughs> I just, I didn't understand. Um, uh, what What's her name? Frankie? Oh, Frankie? Frankie. 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 Why did I forget her name? Why did they call her Jackie? <laughs> I don't know why. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think... I, I personally don't understand it any better than you did, Jay. So it would have well, made more sense if she'd have got mad at her and then maybe, like after the accident, maybe sort of not forgiven her, but kind of not completely ostracised her. But she didn't even get mad at her. She was just like, "Oh well." <laughs> well, you know what? I've read this on another forum that I talk about the show with. And basically, I think it was someone else or maybe it was, I'm not sure if it was Hannah or someone else, but they said that Frankie, and this is an occurring theme with Frankie, she has favorites that she kind of, she unconsciously puts her kids against each other, like how, how she preferred Debbie Dean to Stephanie when they were younger and how Mm. she preferred uh, Craig to Jake. I mean, even though Ruby is not any way her flesh and blood, she prefers, and I, I'm sorry, but she does, she prefers Ruby over her own grandchild. Now, mm. the fact that she was so hurt about uh, about Esther trying to kill herself, and it was because it was the pain that Esther gave to them. It wasn't anything about the pain that Esther was going through. It was about the pain that Esther caused them. I mean, this is Frankie's frame of mind. And I don't think, I mean, she doesn't really seem to get that this is her flesh and blood. I don't care about Ruby at all, whatsoever. I mean, yes, Esther Esther has forgiven, but I'm sorry. I would not want my grandchild to be staying in the same with the someone that has taunted her for six months. There's no way in the world Ruby could stay on the couch. They could find mm-hmm. somebody somewhere in that village to take care of her if they can't mm-hmm. ship her back to Spain. But there's no way in hell she's going to be staying in that same house. I'm and I was sure. right up with Jack, but Jack kind of reneged because he wanted to keep the peace and everything like that. But no, she would be out. And when he kicked her out, when he and Darren kicked her out, I applauded that in the in the rain. And she knew what she did was wrong. But see, I know that the show doesn't want to say, is trying to give a message about forgiveness and everything like that. Esther can forgive her, but that would mm. never be forgotten. 
if she hmm. has no rhyme or reason to stay in that house. And I think Oxley. something's going to happen where somewhere, somehow, Ruby's not going to... Because there's no way... that That is just strange. That would be yeah. really strange. So I try to commit my, kill myself because of these two people, three people harassing me, and I'm going to stay in the same bedroom with this person? Yeah. Uh-uh. And, it, and also, like, Ruby didn't actually feel guilty straight no, away she, didn't. she she was still no. taunting her when she was on her Mm-mm. deathbed it wasn't until she realized how how upset how, the rest of the family yeah. were going to be um if when and she how serious died it was. and how serious it was like she she literally didn't care that esther was in like a critical condition in the hospital she was still standing there taunting her yes. right up until and- that moment so i want to say thank you for that explanation denise now I don't know about Steph and the other Dean, but I do distinctly remember when I started watching the show, the favoritism that she had for Craig over Jake. So with that understanding, that helps me understand Frankie with Ruby and uh, Esther a lot more, because then that is kind of true. Because this is true. I didn't see a lot of um, Steph and Stephanie and uh, Debbie, but but I saw the tail effect because Debbie had left after a while, but Stephanie had gone through all this stuff with trying to get her mother's attention and blah, blah, blah. And like, it was kind of really crazy that, that Frankie would do all this stuff, but it's, it's something that is, that's a part of her. So I, it's not out of the blue that Frankie is like this with her with her last kid. And I, I think just, it's going to definitely set up. Would, I just thought she would have, I thought she would once she realized that she could have lost her, that she would have changed. But no. Mm-mm. I think it's going to think... definitely set up some serious dramatic potential here. Because honestly, she still has to get over the fact that she has chosen some girl over her child. I'm like mm-hmm. you. I mean, this that's a grandbaby. That girl would be nowhere near my house. I was like, why are they not calling Ru- Ruby's parents? Mm-hmm. Why are they trying to have her stay at the house? Get a motel for a night and tell her mom and daddy. They Come responsible and pick her up. Because that's that child's life. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I understood the forgiveness and everything, but I'm still like she got to go I think something's gonna happen in a couple more weeks and I know this is bad but I was wishing that Jack, Jack was driving that car <laughs> just a little bit faster I was just like please Jesus let it be over <laughs> let that be the living daughter right there <laughs> alright were you gonna say something else there sweetie Um, I was just gonna say on Frankie as well Um, she does have a history of getting angry with the wrong people like taking out her anger on the wrong person because you remember when Steph died and she was furious at mm-hmm. um oh what was his name Steph's uh, husband oh oh um, what was, Gilly Gilly that's it she was Gilly, absolutely yeah. furious at Gilly and I think she was furious at Darren as well which made no sense because they they didn't give Steph cancer obviously so. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So. And Steph chose to kill herself. I yes. rewatched the scenes the other day. I was glad she was there because she got on my nerves. She <laughs> walked back into that stupid fire. That is her baby's fault. And there was there was some scene over the past couple weeks where she was clowning somebody about their child or something or other. And I'm just like, I know you ain't about to be standing up there all high oh, mighty giving this girl shit. 
What happened? No, I was saying Nancy. When she was going on about, she not being a good mother or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yes, that that's was, what yeah. it was. Thank you, Tara. That's exactly what it was. Because I'm like, girl, your child killed herself. Don't you be getting on Nancy for that. Yes. And T, what, did you, what do you think? How you how you been feeling about Frankie over these past couple of weeks, sweetie? Frankie is Frankie. <laughs> that's all I have to say. Because, I mean, like, I've been watching her for a while. And it's like the same kind of pattern, I swear. It's like keep judging people. You know, like the, the children and stuff like that. And I'm like, you're not in no position to do anything, you know. And even when you're angry at Esther, I mean, a part of me, I mean, I kind of understand because in terms of my own personal stuff in my life, I understand her reaction. But at the same time, you know, it was her reaction always just, you know, like, I was about her first, like herself first, then everybody else after. You know, so, I mean, I didn't really like that. And the fact that she's is our daughter, you know, and Jackie's the one who's kind of been like the superstar in his whole thing with Esther. And, you know, Frankie is just not really, you know, haven't been doing a good job, you know. And then when she found out about Ruby, you know, her reaction was, I mean, in terms of Frankie, her reaction is what I expected kind of from, from in, a, in a weird way. Like, I was kind of surprised because she kind of like everything I need, you know, and then they're like, oh, well, you know, and she didn't really come to a punishment until, like, Ruby was the one who um, kind of showed the video in front of everybody. And then she was like, yeah, she could, well, you can get punished for it. I'm just like, you know, she almost killed your granddaughter and everything, and not on the road. I'd be like, well, you know, he did the right thing in that moment because, you know, she tried to kill, you know, she pushed this girl to kill herself, and she wouldn't even take blame for it until the girl was at that bed, you know, so... Mm. Yeah, and I, I thought I like, the way this whole thing, he's just been like the real superstar and everything. And I was just like, you know, yes. Jack definitely did that thing. And Ruby, I, I even thought her confession was a little off in the past couple of weeks. One of the strangest things about Hollyoaks. So right when Ruby should have confessed, it, it was right when they thought that she was going to die and, and, you know, I expect that the guilt for Ruby was so strong she wanted to confess at that moment, right? Mm -hmm. That would have been the perfect time for everything to come out and then the doctors to come in and say, oh, we found a liver, everything's good. But So that's what happened. Ruby didn't confess then. Ruby waits until Esther's in surgery, mm -hmm. the got the liver, and just randomly blurts out that I did it when everything's going well. And I was just kind of like, why are you confessing now? Well, she's still, still good. she still was I mean, trying to young. save her ass yeah, to cover nice. herself because, I mean, if she had told before for, uh, Esther had gotten that liver and and she had survived, then she's not liable for her death. I mean, I don't think she was thinking about she would be liable for her death, but mm -hmm. she went, she didn't want to have her death. Mm -hmm. on her on her conscience so she but she weighed that she knew that she was already in the clear that the liver was there so, mm. so that's why she was like okay now i can say it so still selfish to still, the end yeah still selfish <laughs> but I, I, still I, I selfish that she still actually oh and you know still please you know make efforts to well did it you know what i mean better than sorry right uh, at least the girl didn't die i'm not saying that it's good i'm just saying at least she open her mouth and say something you know it was like last yeah. minute yeah, but, but she opened her mouth after she knew that the liver was the yeah, liver no, I took know, but yeah. I so she's still selfish 
Yeah. But, I can but Sarah, I'm going to back you on that one, Sarah, because I will say I have been hating Ruby for weeks and weeks. I've been hating her for months. This week has been the first time I had an ounce of compassion for that girl. So I'm like, all right, Heffa, I still can't stand you, but you did one thing right. That's enough for now, I guess. And I, I <laughs> really like that the scene between she and um, Ruby, like a confession thing. So I kind of like that flip. And, you know, even mm-hmm. though, like I'm saying, you know, I'm not saying that she, she's still selfish in, her, in terms of how, um, when she decided to tell the truth, you know. But at least she did because even to the end, Cindy was still covering her eyes. She sure was, and that's I why I asked that spell. <laughs> I think I liked that scene where they had them both talking to um, yeah. Patrick in the office because you could mm-hmm. kind of like where they compared how Ruby was really like, like now felt guilty about it and looking back on it could see that they were being bullying her and stuff like that. And Sinead was just like completely in full on bitch mode, mm-hmm. <laughs> still blaming it all on poor Esther. And just mm-hmm. not taking any kind of responsibility for yeah. her actions at all. Um, yeah. yeah. So Sinead, literally, I was like, where is my former lover, Silas? He needs to come back. You know what I'm saying? She's <laughs> <laughs> the perfect candidate for Silas. Yes. Not only is she I am... a complete bitch, but she's also pregnant with another woman's husband. So <laughs> Silas, where are you? With <laughs> another yeah. woman's baby. Another, for that. another man's baby. Yeah, another man's baby. Sorry. That, <laughs> I was looking for that flying car door to I come know. from the sky. Too. I'm still looking for it for Ruby, though. All right. Tara, I don't think we got your what the hell, baby girl. What's your what the hell scene of the week? Um, um, the surface. You guys know what I'm talking about? The what, sweetie? Saucy, saucy service, service with Cheryl and Leah. Saucy service. Oh, you didn't, yeah. you didn't like that? that say what the hell? No, I mean, it was like a what? What is like? Oh, is this? I don't know. Like it's like three people in the business. You know what I mean? It was kind of like, like weird. Anyways, but you know, it's not really anything. And um, I guess Will being crazy in terms of like oh. him the Texas and um Dodger thing. Like I, I'm just like ex. I just. I don't know why is he going like, you know, and and also with Texas, she has some like she has a moat, like you know, going after Dodger and stuff like that when she slept with his brother. Like, I mean, you know, Dodger is a, no matter what, you know, it doesn't matter. But you know, he has right to do anything he wants to do with whoever, and you know, she just kind of like giving him the third degree, like is fault. Mm. So that was kind of what made me like. What the hell is wrong with her? Like, and that's so that's also my what the hell I think. It's more so like her reaction to everything now. So yeah. I think I just have a general like any time Will, Dodger or Texas are on the screen at the moment. I'm just like shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll we'll talk about Will in a minute here. I'll, I'll you know I know I like me some Will, but I want to say uh, my what the hell, which some of you may already know. My what the hell concerns Doug's return. (laughs) My problem with my boy Doug coming back is that there's just so much confrontation not happening. It's ridiculous. Doug comes home, sees Brendan beating up a man in front of Leah, grabs Leah, comforts her does he return his daughter to stepdaughter to steve no he apparently 
lets Brendan take Leah home, and Brendan doesn't tell Stee Doug is back. Doug just pops up at the deli the next day. Hey, I'm here. And makes no reference to the fact that, and yesterday, this motherfucker was fighting somebody in front of our daughter. What the hell is going on? Uh, are we married? Are we not married? Are y'all living together? What is that? Where is the confrontation? Look, I'm grateful he got to do some tip drilling when he was in uh, New York City. But we have some fundamental issues that need to be addressed up in here. Those two entered into a legal partnership, a marriage. Doug has been back. I think at this point in time, I got a little counter going. It's been like 15 days. You mean to tell me your husband leaves you for his abusive lover. You're going to come back to town and make no reference to that fact at all other than... You love him, so it's not going to be easy. Are you fucking kidding me? I think they're going, was... to, I think they're going to be a conversation still, like with the upcoming but, but John Paul and no, no. <laughs> like, just like If somebody kills my mama today, it is in my face tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to be like, Yes, you're going, going to confront him. him. <laughs> show has been like perfect like the way F's storyline has played out it's been good I think the way Will's storyline has been played up is good and all that like a lot of things that haven't been addressed and a lot of things that haven't been discussed on the show for a long time are actually being discussed the fact that Doug came back which was like the biggest thing most of us were waiting for so that we could finally have a strong confrontation between him and Steve and Brendan about that relationship, and then it's just like a non-issue. Like, that, that's, <laughs> I know, but okay, no. first I'm gonna say this. I think Kirkwood. I and I'm going with it this way, so I'm just gonna say it. It's because he feels that maybe he feels that what Duck has to say won't be receptive to being heard by the audience because. I think Doug having a really big issues with coming back and seeing all this stuff has to, he can't say, I mean, it's not like it's not his place, but it has to escalate to the point where Amy has to come back and see it. And I think that's what the, I think that's where Kirkwood is waiting for because once this once Amy comes back, all the stuff that you want to see is happening right after she comes back, Jay. That's all I gotta say because it's a spoiler. But all this other stuff that you, I want to see it too, is happening right after Amy, because people know that Amy's coming. It's it, all the stuff that we station, the talk that Doug needs to have with Steve is gonna happen right after what happens with Amy. I think I it would not have been receptive. I think it would have it would have it would have been shown it would have been seen as 
as Doug getting in the way of true love and right. not letting Steve do whatever he wanted. And that's and why and that's why Doug said, You already know what you chose and it wasn't going to be an easy road. Right. But and that was in regards thing. to Amy saying that, oh, I can't tell Amy about and he was like, You gotta tell her before somebody tells her. And he didn't say I he was gonna say all it. That, D. I gotta Come interrupt in. you. I appreciate all that. But oh. this is the thing. You don't have to have a three hour long drawn out <laughs> scene to do all that. Doug could have come in there and established how he felt about the situation in that first scene. He could have just been like, boom. Why are you with this man who is hitting a a man in front of our child? What are we going to do about this uh, marriage that we entered into? Um, Your baby mama is going to probably be back sometime soon. How do you plan on addressing this with your baby mama? Three scenes, one episode, boom, and you've already got the conflict established right there. I think that's my issue. It doesn't take a lot. And it doesn't matter how the audience would have seen it because we all know it's coming to an end. I I think it just for me, with this being, I think, what one of the first gay marriages playing out on soaps. I mean, this is it's so weak. Mm -hmm. I mean, what is it saying about how gay people relate in a marriage? So, okay, gay people don't have sense enough to uh, think through a marriage like straight people would like it, it just it just is so crazy to me they got married they're not boyfriends this is a marriage they have a business together they have raised a child together and you mean to tell me after everything that they've been through there was not gonna be at least one scene where doug would speak the truth about everything like that has to be explained because that is it's just it's like it's making doug dumb it's Uh. dumbing doug down for what reason because doug doesn't have the sense to see these things i just i I can't understand why they didn't put those scenes in it just it makes no sense to me i mean does that make sense or does that seem too much i mean i agree with him because you know when he came back i expected like him and steve to like uh sit down at least exchange a few more dialogues that you know i mean they did it's not what i expected and it was just and i came in and be like oh yeah it's cool and then that's and then you know it's kind of set the ground rule about what he wants and stuff. And I just thought that's kind of what become like, are they, are they still married or are they not? Well, what is the deal? You know what I mean? Because, I mean, we know this is Hollyoaks. They tend to sweep things on the and then like move on to the next story, right? But that's just, old like, Hollyoaks. Old Hollyoaks <laughs> tend to sweep things under the rug. This is new, well written, well scripted Hollyoaks. And I ain't got time for old Hollyoaks. I don't think the marriage is forgotten. I I, I think we're going to get this once no, everything I mean, happens. I'm more scared. I think we're probably going to get it. To, um, forget and like mix things and then move on. I'm not saying that you can talk about our day, forgotten it, like, like literally, like forgot everything. But I'm not saying, you know, like soaps are and stuff like that. I mean, it's not going to happen. But I'm hoping not because I would really like to see like actually have a sit down. And so I agree with um, Jay what he said about it because I expected the same thing too. So I'm just hoping that like, maybe with this thing with John Paul, this is where the conversation ex- and then with Amy as well. So, you know, that's the only thing I can say because I'm guessing they're trying to build up for this scene for them to actually sit down and talk. So that's, you know. 
So I do agree with him and saying this. I mean, it's not like they, like a boyfriend and had a fling or something like that. You know, they've been married, they've been a couple and they're married, right? And then now and then they got separated. But they didn't, you know, question about this whole thing. So I just, you know, I really thought the same thing as well. Like where, you know, the confrontation, there's nothing. Han, did I hear you saying, were you saying you didn't think that confrontation was going to happen? I think that that confrontation will probably happen after that fight happens with um spoiler alert spoiler alert with um jp um john paul and doug i'm not doug steve i get the feeling that uh doug might <laughs> i'm getting the feeling that doug might not be too pleased that steve steve starts fighting with john paul so maybe they'll have the confrontation then i agree that it should have been done in his first week but Maybe maybe Kirkwood's got a plan. Who knows? Because he's been quite good for, so, for as far as I've seen so far, which is why I guess to us that it doesn't make any sense that he didn't write like have that written in. So maybe he has got plans for that, and he thought that it would be better after this. If there isn't another, if there isn't a confrontation after the John Paul stuff, then we're we're going to be having some discussions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just think it's yep. gonna. I think it's gonna happen. At, um, after during that time because as you can recall when Doug had come into the shop guess who had come back who was around them just like the stench that he was when they were ma- when they were actually together and married and t- as a couple it was Brendan Brendan ro- walked right in like not even five minutes later it was like maybe 30 seconds later he walked into the deli and was all up in there and and refused to leave when Doug was in there. So he, so Brendan still has issues with Doug being around Steve. But now he knows that Steve is with him, he should be safe and he should be um he should be comforted that Steve chose him, right? But no. He did the same thing that everyone bitched and complained about what Doug was doing. Yeah, cuz I oh, know he was around he, there. He was he was he was uh, like a stench up in that deli when Doug had come back and that and and that's why Doug was like whatever blah 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 because he was like I can't he probably thought you know what I can't get into this shit right now because some either two of us or one of us will end up dead in here Hmm. I wanted to see that fight Elle what's your take what did you think about Doug's return and not uh giving it to Steve about what the state of their relationship is um, I'm kind of with you. I thought that a conversation needed to have happened in that first episode. And also, I would have liked for one of the, like, I can kind of see it from um, Denise's point of view that it would have come off the wrong way. But I would have liked uh, Doug to at least have mentioned the fight to Stee. Because I think Stee wouldn't be overly happy with uh, hearing that Brandon was beating up a guy in front of Leah. You know, mm-hmm. he wouldn't um, have been happy, but he would have tried to justify it at the end. Yeah, but he would I have had a. Would com- have... I think he would have had a word with Brennan and told him mm-hmm. to not do it again. Yeah. Which I think, as much as Brendan is, does whatever he wants, I think he does sort of listen to what Steve's wanting in regards to the kids. I think he respects him in the sense of he respects him his right as a father over the kids, if you know what I mean. Let me give you the contrast that I think fueled my fury. So the contrast that fueled my fury is I think it was in the same two episodes where Doug returned and didn't say anything to Stee about, you know, what Brendan did. It was also the same episodes where 
Mitzi and Brendan got into it. Mm -hmm. And Mitzi perfectly blamed Brendan for the death of Rowley because it was Brendan's silence that Mm -hmm. allowed Walker to run free and kill her man, right? And what did Brendan do to shut Uh, her up? He admits he is sexually abused just to shut her up. And I thought that was so perfect because Mitzi had him caught out Mm -hmm. and she was about to make him be responsible for what he had done and to shut her down He goes and tells the worst sob story he could tell and was successful. And it was so perfect and sneaky and evil. And I was like, see? I mean, she caught him out straight away. And he didn't on the same episode. He didn't take responsibility. Exactly. Mm -hmm. If Doug on the same episode, I mean, I just thought that would have been a perfect parallel. The same episode would have called Ski out. I mean, just, it it was just like the perfect time to have done it. And I was just like, why are we spending more time on this Brendan bullshit sob story and now the show's letting him get away again with this sexual abuse excuse and still he ain't taking responsibility for what the hell he did to Riley. You know what I'm saying? Although Walker's in the background. Did anybody else notice that or am I the only one that saw that? Well, Jay, you know you're not the only one that noticed that. You know that. that. No, not Walker being in the background about spreading... Yes, Brendan using that excuse. He used it perfectly. He hadn't said shit to anybody for months no. about that damn sexual abuse. <laughs> but as soon as Mitzi had him caught out for his responsibility in, in her man's death. death, he used it like a weapon. Yeah. Well, my daddy raped me. Yeah, I agree with that, that scene because uh, I thought the same thing. To like, I'm glad that somebody did call him out on it because you know, like, certain things I expected to play out differently, like it didn't. I mean, like, it didn't go as I wanted to, but like, I'm glad that she kind of, like, pointed out that thing because I, I really think nobody said anything to him, and it's just because, like, in Hollyoaks, everybody's kind of judgy, you know what I mean? It was kind of weird, like, said anything to him or anything, and him and Mitzi are kind of close, and she didn't say anything, so, I mean, I do glad that she said that to him, and with the thing he said to her, like, you know, his past and whatever, I mean, I thought, I don't know, like, I agree, though, because it kind of, like, well, you know, guess what, you know, my... My background, my past is worse than yours, you know, kind of. So, I mean, yeah, just kind of come off like, well, he kind of said it to like, well, you know, my my story is worse than yours or, or something, you know. But at the same time, like, um, I don't like, it just feels like off, you know, like the writers kind of put it that way in a sense. And I just, I didn't really like it all the way he told her, you know. So, I mean, I would agree in that sense. Having said that, I do think it was a very good scene. The scene where he was talking about how he'd counted to, you know, learned his eight times table. I thought it was very well um, acted and very well written, the scene between yeah, Mitzi I, I love, and... I love scene. Yeah, yeah, it's well written and it was well acted, but it basically, it really had no place into what Mitzi had confronted him about. I mean, no. it. I mean, and that's the thing that bothers me. And, but it, but it fits the character of Brendan, is that he, 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 he tries to justify, not even try to. It's I can't say justify, but he tries to explain things by saying, "Well, something happened badly in my past, so 
uh, like I, I, it's not my responsibility for what I do in my present. And I just think that is a cop out. I think that's a really a cop out because yes, you were responsible for the accidental death. They didn't, he didn't plan on trying to shoot Riley because Walker was going to shoot Steve and, and Brendan was trying to protect Steve because he knew that, I mean, that was the Walker wasn't going to shoot Brendan. There was no, he, he does not want Brendan to die. He wants Brendan to hurt and to be in pain but he doesn't, he doesn't want to end his life. He wants Brendan to his life to be in misery, in a constant form of some form of misery. Now, granted, Brendan's life is already in some form of misery, but that's not the justification that he, that's not the answer he should have given to Mitzi in which she confronted him about Riley. Because that is something that Mitzi had to have had to discuss with Brendan. She didn't need to discuss him being a, a, a victim of sexual abuse. That she didn't need to have that. She didn't need to be that person at that particular time, because it just took away the ownership of Brendan. If if Brendan had taken that that responsibility that he should have about the murder, the accidental murder, that would have been another plus. That could have been another plus in his column. But this is the same sort of stuff that happened when he was in Hollyoaks later, when his grandma begged him forgiveness. And when she, and he was like, okay, and when he grabbed to hug her, it wasn't a hug of forgiveness. It was a hug like, I'm going to kill you. Now it just is just it, it, this is just I and I'm sorry that's how I feel about Brendan. It's things that he could these roads that he could take about taking you know responsibility and saying yes it was my fault it was my responsibility I didn't mean to do it but it was mine or yes you let this happen yes you didn't mean for it to happen yes I may not ever forget what you did but I may be able to forgive you. I mean it, he takes these roads that kind of it, it's like if gets him off this path of um of looking down what he's done and then he can go to sleep and wake up another day and he's still the same brendan brady man on top of with an orange slice in his okay. mouth as a smile i'm gonna take control because that's what men do and if you want to say that someone's changed, you gotta take, you gotta be able to take responsibility for stuff that you do. You have to. You cannot to. be a person that changes if you are not able to accept responsibility. So I certainly hope that him and Mitzi have another scene before she leaves where she's like, I'm sorry you were sexually abused, but what does that have to do with what happened to Riley? That would be wonderful for me. And she can say that to him with a damn orange in her face. <laughs> See, you were talking when we are going to start with you. What's, what's been uh, your favorite scene over the past few weeks? Okay, my scene of the week. Okay. I was kind of, it did 
happened this it did start to be like a what the hell scene but then once it happened and once i kind of got why it happened i ended up loving it the scene where all the mcqueen ladies just went to town in the bar in the dog on the, <laughs> on the dog in the pond where they just went to town and started wailing on people because phoebe was touched and they just said, okay, that's it. They just went to town. They didn't ask questions. They all went on. They all went off except for Myra, who was in the bushes with Dirk. <laughs> even Graham, even Grandma, what's her name? What's her name? Not Mercy. Marlena. Marlena got into it. She got into it. Now, that is what, I mean, yes, the McQueens are crazy, but they are a family. And that is what Phoebe needed so much. She she just needed to feel like she was a part of something because she was trying to leave and she didn't feel comfortable and she didn't feel a part of their family. And they were like, you are a part of our family. You just got to speak up. And like, like we care, we love you. And so she was, she just never had that before. And I think it made her like when that little actress heard that and her face brightened up, I mean, that mm. actress is really good. And I'm so glad that Kirkwood came back so we could be able to see it because she's the, I like Phoebe is the most turned around character I've ever seen on any soap that six months ago, we hated her and we wanted her gone because she was messing with George and she just was like this hanger on. And she just, we just couldn't figure out what her, what, what she was doing. But once they got her with the McQueens, it it she start it started, you start seeing her the method behind her madness, not her madness, but why she was so controlled and why she would like cling on to George because that was what she was familiar with and she only trusted George and she has a lot of baggage that was never fully explained. So it it's it's great when you see a series producer come in. And fully flesh out characterization for all the characters, not not just for the f- the few that they pick and choose because they like them the best. And they did a really good job with that from Phoebe, because from the time that Phoebe recognized that that I think it was the evil doctor that was mm-hmm. messing with uh, Paul and Mercedes yeah. was one of her rapists back in the day. She'd been tense, yep. and she'd been feeling pushed out at home, and she was thinking that they weren't liking her, Mm -hmm. but she overheard a conversation with Jackie and Myra, I think, where Jackie was just saying, I'm trying to keep Phoebe out of all this. So she was getting hints that the family liked her, but she still wasn't sure and was feeling Mm -hmm. left out. And I felt like that scene when they were in jail together, Mm -hmm. I I knew when Rob touched her, I knew that (laughs) was like that with her and so the fact that they brought that realness they brought that that girl's history of sexual Mm -hmm. abuse to rob touching her and them all fighting and then they addressed it in that prison episode which was perfect from beginning to end that was such a good episode it was excellent i loved it everybody in prison knew the family knew them by name it's like it that was, was such a funny, funny line when the when the prison guard the prison woman was just like, "Where's Mercedes?" Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, and she was like, "Oh, oh she's getting married." She was like, "Oh, that's so nice." <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, and I loved the bit where they did the kind of I am Spartacus thing, where they were all in the, the um, yes. <laughs> doing the interviews with Jim, and then um, it panned to Marlena going, little perf. Yeah, they did that. Elle, what about you? What was your favourite scene of the past few oh, weeks? With so many are brilliant. So many have been brilliant. Um, but I think I'm kind of, yeah, I'm going to go for general Esther scenes, but um, two that stuck out for me was um, the scene with um, Tom and the scene with George when they went to go and see her in the hospital. Because oh, yeah. I think in both cases, they brought back the history and brought back, yes. yeah, they just used history so well in those. Like with George, he knows exactly what she was going through and like, his little speech oh, about he did totally the right thing by saving her life you know and he wouldn't mm-hmm. regret it um and all i think she needed to hear that and also i definitely think she needed to hear that bit of from little tom who's become quite wise in his old yeah. age um saying about how it totally affected his life when his stepbrother killed himself mm-hmm. i didn't even know that i didn't even know yeah, that he did yes. have older... there's his a lot of death I in step think... tom's family <laughs> Yeah, lots of death. <laughs> yeah, no, I guess I think wasn't his stepbrother um had abused his wife or something, and then yeah. I think he had depression and ended up killing himself. So um yeah, though obviously Tom was quite small at the time, but he obviously still remembers it, and I just think that that was really a good scene to do, like bringing back that history and kind of the the whole actually the a lot of the Tom scenes were very good because he sort of immediately assumed that Esther was going to die because so mm-hmm. many people in his life yeah. have just died. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I really liked what they did with Tom the last couple of weeks. Um, and I think those scenes with particular two scenes with Esther were brilliant, but all of the scenes with Esther were brilliant. And another sort of scene that sticks out to me was the one where um, she woke up after she'd taken oh, the overdose yeah. and she let yeah. out that howl. Oh, mm. um, The actress that plays her has done a really good job, I think. And well done to the makeup department for making her look absolutely horrendous. Because they let it gradually happen. Because when when she was in the hospital the first couple of days, she started turning yellow. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, she just, her face just started turning jaundice. And I was like, oh, God, she really is bad. You know, and it just... It really did a really, really good job. Mm. You know, they did it, and they researched that very, very well. Yeah, they did a good job making her look jaundiced. And I have to agree. Both of those scenes were really good uh, with George and Tom and Jess. Franks has been knocking it out of the park uh, in this role. So, yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. All right. What about you, Han? You have your favorite scene of the past few weeks? Um, yes, I do, actually. I actually had my scenes for a while for once, but it will, there was, there was like two, but, um, I won't call it the week, but I'll just, I'll just give an honorary mention to Doug and Nelly being all like, that Steve was just the tip of the gay iceberg or something. I just, <laughs> I can't remember what their phrase was, but it made me laugh. But, um, yeah, I think, I don't know what was mentioned before because I wasn't here about Phoebe, but there was a scene where they were, that you had asked me to gif, actually, Jay. It was Phoebe and John Paul 
in the yes. in the coffee place or whatever it's called, and I really I, I enjoyed that scene. There's one I don't know. I can't remember John Paul from back in the day, but I like his character now a lot more than I even did then, and I think I liked him then. So yes. the sort of right. development that they've made him to. Yeah, hold on, sorry. Um, the fact that they've sort of made him come back as more of an adult, I think, is quite nice. But yeah, mm-hmm. go on, Elle. You were going to say. I something. was just going to say, um, sort of adding to what you said, and I know people are going to hate me when I say this. I never liked John Paul the first time around. I <laughs> could not stand him, and I definitely could not stand Craig. So I hated McDean. Oh but <laughs> I actually, I actually really liked John Paul this time around, which for me is huge. So they've done a really good job with bringing him back. Because there is a lot of people that hated John Paul too, and it wasn't, and it wasn't because he had left Craig. It, they just felt. A lot of people just found him to be selfish. But honestly, I can understand that. I love the character, but I did not like it when he started manipulating Sarah mm-hmm. to get with, mm-hmm. um, you know, John, uh, to get with Craig. Because this is my thing. I don't like gay storylines where gay men need to manipulate or lie to women in order to be with a man. Or, or a, a man needs to be with a straight man who's involved in a relationship with a woman. I, I'm, I, I don't like storylines where men need to hurt women in order to be together and be gay. Like, that really bothers I, me. I, I, so, I had a massive problem with the actual episode where he outed Craig. Because I yes. just thought that was such a cruel way to do it. Both for Craig, for Sarah, but more for Sarah. Yes, yeah. um, I fell for totally that girl so much. But it was inappropriate, yes. but it was totally inappropriate. But I understood why he did, and I and I understood. It's not an excuse. I understood it was wrong, but he had mm-hmm. he it, he had reached his limits with Craig because, mm-hmm. and I watched that in real time. I watched that whole that whole long drawn out getting together and when Craig when that engagement party happened that was kind of like the 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 straw that broke the camel's back that was the huge pail of cold water going over John Paul's head and especially when this was after Craig had went on that special unknown um vacation with Sarah and John Paul had John Paul running down the street. Then Craig comes back. John Paul's not seeing him. He's not has seen him in a week. He's mad. Craig comes and sees him and tells John Paul, "Oh, I know you would take me back because you always do." Craig knew what he was doing, and I don't care how young you are. You could be 17. You can be 55. You could be 85. You know you're messing with two people that care about you. And when you have the nerve to say that to that person's face, you and you don't think that anything bad is going to come out. Yeah. I mean, I no. I applauded and I knew it was wrong. I knew it was wrong, but I applauded JP when he said when he did that and when he called him a toe rag, something. He called him. A t- it was a perfect line for Craig at that time, because it just it was too much. And I understood that, but I agree with Jay. It bothers he, he me. Was, it wasn't only sort of that a situation where he was being selfish, though, because I think he was selfish when he was with Hannah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he was. I think he he sent her into a downwards bar. I'm not saying it was yes. his fault, but I think no, he was he, a big he part of it. And he was selfish when he was with Father Kieran because he basically ruined he Father Kieran's career the whole, for nothing. The whole relationship between John Paul and Craig was selfish because yeah. they hurt they hurt way too many people. They hurt Hannah. They hurt um, Spike. They hurt yes. Sarah. They, I mean, the ultimate hurt that someone actually, like, and it was, and that Kieran, John Paul thought that Kieran killed himself over him. And then two weeks later, he's off on his sunset ending. It just, I, I, ooh, it took me a long time to kind of, like, to, not forget, but just to understand why that happened and that ending happened that way because it just I felt that it undermined the John Paul in the eight months after he had initially left Craig at that airport. I think it totally undermined him when he when he did stuff when when that ending happened that way. Because it just was like, oh, I I don't regret I mean he yeah, Kieran may have loved Kieran loved me, you know, and I'm I'm thinking that he killed himself for me, but you know, as long as I give him this little text message and I visit his grave, that's it. I'm a, I'm mm-hmm. absolved of everything. But yeah. it's different. I mean, he's he's five years later. He's had I, to grow. He's had to learn. At least he got over his thing about not taking care of his kid and not accepting his child because that was mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, if they don't fix this. Mm-hmm. But they did. Yes. Because I was like, this is some crazy BS because that child did not ask to be born. You know what? That <laughs> was actually going to be my scene of the week him taking care of his uh, child because I, I had wanted to see that for so long. But he went ahead and trumped it by doing something even more uh, spectacular. Although, real quick, somebody's going to need to explain to me how the hell the night. That them babies was uh, everybody was in jail. He had him his face all painted up, looking like ought to be damned. Y'all saw he woke up, got hearts on his face because and, of um, you know, Kathleen and, Angel. He was watching yeah, Kathleen Angel Kathleen too. Angel. That came out of no damn way. I was like, that can't have style. <laughs> yeah, because that was Kathleen. He was watching Kathleen Angel because well, that's why he said he didn't like Kathleen Angel. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> she a mess. Okay, well let me say she my should thing. be a mess with her mama. Who's so, never around her? <laughs> Ooh. My scene of the weeks uh, involved John Paul as well, but my scene of the weeks it was between John Paul and Patrick. The job interview where they were talking about uh, the philosophies of uh, teaching and dealing with bullies. I just thought the interview was so powerful. It's not just about labeling a bully a bully, labeling a bully good, bad, and kicking him out on the street. That's not gonna solve the problem. You have to figure out what is going on in the life of that child, what's going on in the life of the person who's being bullied, the person that is the bully, and you have to figure out how to stop that type of thing from continuing to happen. I felt like during the whole bullying storyline, that was a piece that was being missed. All we saw was Esther being bullied and tortured and the kids not taking it seriously ignoring what was going on but when those two sat and had a conversation about it they just laid got kids that are being bullied got kids that are bullies 
you need to address both sides of that problem. And I, it was wonderful that Hollyoaks actually made the character say those words because I felt like they had been missing so long. It's like right there, perfect in your face. This is what the issue is. And I, I really appreciate that scene and that theme since Kirkwood has taken over with regards to the bullying. Because even with the, what happened with Sinead and Ruby, Ruby's going to rehabilitation classes. Sinead got expelled. And why? Because Ruby took some steps and showed some remorse. And Sinead just continued to be bullied, bully and lied. Like, I feel like all the themes on this bullying storyline and all the justice that's being dished out in this bullying storyline are coming to fruition perfectly depending mm -hmm. on what's happening with the characters. And I felt like that first scene with John Paul and Patrick kind of having that conversation about you know, what that bullying meant set that up fairly well. So, I think, uh, sorry. I was just going to say, I think that theme as well could be carried on to the wider show. The theme of, like, if you don't sort it out at the start, you're never going to sort it like, Because if you take it in the terms of, like, with Brendan and his dad, with Stee and his stepdad, you know, there's plenty of characters where you could show um, that, you know, if there's a problem at home, it needs to get sorted when the kids, you know, not just ignored or, you know. Um, yeah, so that line that you said could be then uh, followed out to the rest of the show, I think, as well. I mean, it could, but I don't think they will because it's just, I think it's kind of too late now because they, under a different storyline, story uh, series producer at the time, they could have fleshed that out, but they they, they decided to go in a different direction and, and tell and say it's a love story. So, I mean, I think it's better that they focus it on Esther Sinead and Ruby and in the six formers and how it's going to affect and change what's what's what has happened in that school it does encompass the school and encompass encompasses these students and encompasses the adults the teachers and the parents because the teachers who were in charge at that time didn't notice it or didn't recognize it or didn't and it, it didn't matter to them and the parents didn't have a clue as to what was going on so I think it's I think it's better to focus it on that on that particular circle of characters mm, and they can yeah. and they and can do it well in that aspect because they have it under their belts. They got a good control of it and it's good. Now with yes. D and Brendan, that's something completely different. Did you guys notice mm -hmm. any did y'all feel any of that power in the scene between John Paul or Patrick, or did that just kind of play off to you guys as just, just another scene? Yeah, yeah, I kind of I agree with you. Yeah, I thought it was a really good scene. Well, it had to. I mean, because it had to come from the school itself, because it happened under their watch. And mm. even though Patrick and John Paul weren't there and weren't weren't present and in charge, they're they have to take on the responsibility of the aftermath of it, the fallout, because you got all these kids who have seen all the abuse and the bullying that Esther went through and they said nothing and they have to be, they have to have some, they have to have someone in a leadership role and an adult saying that this is not right. This is wrong. And that we won't 
take we won't take any kind of um drastic precautions to you if you know of someone bullying or if you are the bully itself as long as you come to us and tell us and talk to us and maybe we and we can try to help you we can try to assist you they can they have to be able to see it as being welcoming not something that if they go and say something it's not going to be said nothing nothing's going to be done or they're going to get or they're going to get penalized by the school or they're going to get penalized by the people who are bullies because they said something Tara and Hannah, do you guys remember the scene after the interview where John Paul kind of walked out thinking he didn't have the job, and then Sinead and Phoebe got into it in the uh, in front of the school because Sinead was being all bitchy and Phoebe wasn't having it? Do y'all remember? And then John Paul broke that up. Y'all remember yeah, that scene? Yeah. What did y'all think of that? Um, I, I quite, I, I, I sort of expected that something would happen where. Um, that the head teacher would walk in on it and then he'd end up getting the job from it because I knew it from I wasn't really but I quite liked that scene and because uh, what was it he said I can't remember what it said oh there was this line that he said when he split them apart does anybody remember what he said oh. it's not um, high school or something like that yeah something but like it, it was something to do like mm, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah something I, like that but going, yeah. Because Janine said it was her fault, and he's, like, laughing at the, you know, her... Oh, right, yeah, 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 talent. because he just sort of laughed at it. He was just like, you know what, you're in college now, you need to sort of get your act together because you're not yes. children anymore. And yeah. I just thought that was sort of so true, and it, I think it was a, a good thing to see how much that character had sort of grown up as well. Not that he was... I, I don't, again, I can't comment on the way he was when he used to... In, in the past because I don't remember it and I don't want to get anything wrong but mm-hmm. um, I don't know I'm quite enjoying John Paul at the moment I did I did like that scene and the fact that he was just sort of like stop being childish because that's what they would be in and he called it out he was like and you're getting ready to be a mama you got mm-hmm. a baby that you're about to raise you're trying oh, to go okay. on to university and this is how you're behaving you know what I'm saying so yeah I thought I thought that was <laughs> oh, real I did. But I did like the fact that I did like the fact that Phoebe smacked Sinead though. I mm. love that, and I know that's violent. I know that's bad, but Sinead had that coming. I thought mm. it was actually funny, right? Because she came in and she was like, "What are you going to um, hit a pregnant woman?" And then instead of hitting her, Phoebe just kind of like slapped her. I don't know. <laughs> it was funny. Yes, I'm Sinead was. Um, Patrick is the head much. as well. Mm-hmm. I think he's a good head. For yeah. once. Yeah. I'm just hoping that he comes on to Jan soon. I yeah, know. I was going to ask about Jen. You know what? I got Tilly's back. Jen has been a trip, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of ready to see her go because she, whew, she has been tripping. I, How have y'all I been think... feeling about Jen? Oh, no, Jen is disgusting. I hate her. I was upset that when, she, when her and... Um, John Paul shared the scene because I hate Jen so much and I love John Paul so much. So I was just like, no, just keep them away from me. But each did other. you like? But did you like the thing where he said, you know, I'm not a perv? I like. But then yeah, when he but, started talking about like how hot the school the, the students are. Yes, and and, and and Jen was sitting there like, mm-hmm, knowing she was one messing with the students. I thought you know, that was, was funny. Like, 
I think <laughs> some something's gonna so happen. Mm-hmm. I think it was. I think uh, someone made a post about it that made me finally get the significance of what John Paul was saying. <laughs> because at the time, I didn't get it <laughs> because I don't pay much notice to her or like because I hate her so. It's hard Ooh. for me to pay much notice to her character. <laughs> I just had a thought. What? what if Jen gets offered the role that Diane didn't get? Diane knows about Jen and Tilly, doesn't she? And it's, she might be on, like, kind of revenge yes. thing for um, not only her not getting the job, but her daughter getting it spelled. Actually, did any the... of you um, listen to Kieran's thing on the I didn't on the listen radio to it. No, I listened to it today, and um, he was he he went backstage in Hollyoaks, and he recorded stuff on his iPhone, and he was um, talking to the actress that plays Tilly, and she said to be on the lookout because when Tilly comes back, she's going to be on the warpath. So yeah, because Tilly gonna... got she <laughs> suspended, her, right? I'm just saying. Uh, she's she suspended, or she's expelled. She's expelled, yeah. She was expelled, yeah. So that's yeah. basically ruined her whole entire career, basically. Mm-hmm. So, well, then oh, how does I she get back into get the it. school? But see, and that's the thing. See, Look, that's my issue. Maybe this is why I was so upset with Doug again, because I thought Tilly really gave it to Jen. Like, Tilly didn't let uh, Jen off the hook either. I, one other scene that I thought was really good. I, I don't know if it happened this time or maybe the last time, but when uh, t- uh, Tilly realized that uh, Jen knew more about yes. what was going on with Esther, Esther. Yep. on, and she ended things with her, she cut it because she basically allowed Jen to hang herself with a noose. Mm-hmm. And- right on down the size and Jen showed her true colors Jen tried to blame her girlfriend mm-hmm. Tilly for Esther killing herself yeah. and I was just like what are you doing right now I mean she does everything that might have I guess her character if you're a character who sleeps with an underage student you probably don't have the best moral <laughs> fiber all but honestly just some shades of that woman have been coming out over yeah, the she past just few threw months. tilly under the bus she she threw her under the bus got in got in the bus turned on the bus drove over <laughs> tilly twice rolled mm. backwards and then said oh my god i didn't know you were there all with a smile on her face you know what I'm saying? Like in this so, shock book, like I don't know what you mean. Like I just was like, oh crap. Yeah, like oh, yeah. I really don't like. You know, when she came in, she seemed great character and everything, and then like she's been the, the immature one in the relationship, and it's so irritating because you know she acts like teacher and like this is her dream job, and at the same time she keeps sending mixed messages to Tilly and. I, like, and then when she sell her out, I just thought that was really low. Like, you still love this girl, and then, and then, not even said for her, but the fact that say, you love your job and being a teacher, right? Your responsibility. And, you know, you didn't stand up when it was, you know, your time to, like, to be a teacher. You know, you saw your girlfriend. And, you know, so I'm hoping to just kind of be done with her or she just lose her job or something because you I'm know. telling you it's not going to end well for Jen because no. see every single adult that's doing bad things on Hollyoaks right now they getting there so justice for, for Jen I think it's going to be coming do you, you think know? we might t- gather t- Tilly um, Tilly uh, 
Of course, Esther, if Tilly and Esther are going to be together, of course mm-hmm. that's going to happen. And I think it'll be beautiful when it does, because those two, two are a really cute couple. Now, T, I don't think I got to your scene of the week, baby girl. What was your favorite scene for the past couple of weeks? Um, for me, well, you know, um, one of them, I think, was it Hannah that mentioned it with George and Esther? I, I really love that scene, and I, I'm glad that they brought up a you know, he went away and realized that everything is not his fault, even though he's the one that, you know, ran away and everything happened to him. But he realized that, you know, the whole thing is just that, you know, what he did was hurting everyone and hurting his family, but it wasn't his fault. It wasn't intentional. And the fact that he got her to admit that she realized what ha- was happening to him and admit to say that he was being bullied, you know, and I think... You know, that's such a powerful thing, like, when you can finally express, you know, openly about something that's been troubling you. And I really, really interesting, and I thought it was really touching in a sense. And he was there, you know, even after that, you know, we should come and talk. And before, like, I didn't know about what was happening, but I've been there for you. You know, he he felt really bad about not being there, even though he knew his friends were the one that wronged her. Like, my especially was that close friend to him, you know. He realized that she did wrong by her and everybody, and he fessed up, and I felt with with Esther. And, um, I'm, yeah, another one I liked on with Jackie and Phoebe in the jail, like, when she was trying to tell her that, you know, she doesn't need Jackie, and she's fine, she's 16, she's this big girl now and everything. And Jackie instead, I thought Jackie would just leave her alone, you know, and Jackie was just kind of like, you know, listen to me, you witch, and kind of put it in place, <laughs> you know, and told her what it was, because Phoebe, and I, I love those pair, I just make such a good, you know, mother-daughter team, and I just really enjoyed it, because Phoebe is really, she's really cookie, you know, and I understand how about trust issues, and, you know, she expects everybody to just kind of, like, drop her, like, at a moment, so, uh, for Jackie to actually kind of, like, you know, fight her back on her response to her and everything. I thought that was really, you know, that, like expressed that she really needs as much as she, you know, Jackie needed her. And I thought that was a really nice moment between both of them. And, um, Me too. I mean, I have, there's been a, really, a lot of good scenes, right? So, I mean, yes. um, before with Mitzi and Brendan, I really like that scene. Too. I just thought it was, by the way, it was, you know, I mean, apart from my other issues are we kind of issues with. Um, I just thought that scene was really, really, really nice and kind of they said everything. And I'm glad that she was the one that you know he kind of like talked to about the whole thing. It was really hard to watch, in all honesty, but um, I really thought it was really brilliant. While we're talking about good scenes, I want to talk about everything involving Walker because every single scene that man was into me has been perfect i don't know if kevin is his son or just some dude but i'm loving kevin i'm loving walker i think uh what's raleigh's daddy's name Uh, he better watch the hell out calling himself trying to come after walker because i like that dude halfway walker gonna kill his ass but i am (laughs) loving everything involving walker how you guys feeling like how y'all feeling seeing walker peppered into the scenes and what do y'all think of the new guy Kevin who's stealing wallets and getting all up in Brendan Brady's good graces and all of that. He does look yeah, like no, him, I doesn't he? I don't Kevin. think he's he's a son or anything. I just think he's some good 
Pay, you know, and you can get money out of it. No, I don't think he's supposed to be his son. I think it's a, um, a shout back to you know when he would kept having. Yeah, uh, no, but I think I thought it was like a callback to you know like when he was a police working for the police and whatever he used to call in, he used to call his mum, who was yeah. the uh, the other agent, police detect um, um, detective or the head, the sergeant. Yeah, whatever yeah, they so call she was it always in... mum on his phone, so I thought yeah. it was like a, an homage to that. But at the same time, I thought the guy that plays Kevin did look a lot like a Walker when they did the side shot of him. And then they did like a split shot with him and then Walker. They could have been like, they could be brothers. Yeah, but I think that Walker really knows what Brendan's type is. I mean, like he, mm. like, it was brilliant how Kevin just came in out of like, kind of like behind all the other guys and just was hanging out and Brendan looked him up and down like he was a piece of chocolate cake or yeah, did you cut, his, fa- did like you... his favorite sandwich yeah you know that jelly did you cut sandwich? that he... line from it by Steve as well when he said when he described him and then yeah. uh, and then Steve was like that sounds like the younger me yeah exactly and you know what I think that walk and know how it is like he would probably dismiss everybody time to kind of sit by himself or something or come after you know so I thought that was mm-hmm. kind of interesting the whole the way you know he came in yeah. and he was just kind of like oh well I'm here you know so I thought that he, was let, he let Brendan take the shots and Brendan is Brendan is always about control you know and he was in a bad place just like he's always is when he is looking when he goes and try and he tries to replace that with having sex mm-hmm. and he was feeling bad because Steve had told his baba to lie about him so he was looking he was he was looking to feel good and to take his mind off and and luckily Mitzi was there because Kevin probably would have had to do something in that room Mm-hmm. Are you guys excited by the fact that Walker is back and whatever he has in store and Brendan is likely to end badly for him? Well, I just knew Walker was, there was no way that Brendan's storyline was going to end without Walker coming back. There was no way that that was, not, that was going to happen. So when he was looking out, looking at Steve and Brendan through that window, I just rubbed my hands in glee. I rubbed my hands in glee and was like, thank you, he is back. His strange, freaky self. I, I love can't, I can't understand why Brendan yeah. is so unsure of telling Stee about his past. I mean, what does he actually think Stee is going to do? I mean, it's not like... I don't, I don't it's not like if your partner that you loved came home and said, I was sexually abused as a child, you're going to go, right, that's it. We can't be together anymore. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> it just wouldn't happen. I don't, I don't get, I don't get well, why. I don't know. For me, I mean, I just, I mean, well, that's, you know, whatever. But like, I understand why he doesn't want to tell him though, because it's not something you tell him like, well, honey, you know, I got fired from my job or something, you know? Right, but if you're in a relationship with someone um, and you're in love, please. you reveal those types of things. Like I can tell you, I mean, I've been with yeah. my, I've been yeah. with the same man for over a decade. 
I would be upset if after a decade together, I mean, even, even if we go back, even if we just focus on, let's say Steve and Brendan had been together for two years. Okay. I would be upset if I was in a two year relationship with a man who didn't feel enough comfort to tell me that he was sexually abused, but you have enough comfort to uh, sleep with me, uh, break up my marriage, uh, raise my children, uh, help me run my business, but you can't beat me up. Exactly but you can't talk with me about sexual abuse or the fact that your drug dealings have some psycho uh, on the scene who's going to kill a good friend of my friend. Like this, I think for the character of Brendan, the culture of silence is well established yes. with him. I think that's a huge thing with him. And, and I'm hoping what happens is all of these silences continue to build up. I keep going back to what Denise said a couple of shows ago. She was like, Brendan killed his grandmother because she was silent over knowing about his sexual abuse. Is he going to kill himself if Seamus hurts little Charlie or does something to one of these kids? Because he's told nobody about it. I mean, he's silent about his role with Walker. I mean, it's it, it's. I feel like that character is like the essence of mania. He is completely <laughs> insane, and mm-hmm. it is it is it is and crazy. He, and to he's watch. not gonna he's not gonna get out of that cycle of mania if he doesn't start talking, and if he doesn't open up. I mean, yes, he opened up to Mitzi, but he's gonna ha- Mitzi can't do anything. That's yes. that's his secret to tell. Yeah. And the one person he could open up to, the reputable counselor who was working to get at the issues, he fucks up her office and storms out. And I think Steve will be more annoyed if he hasn't told him and in like inadvertently put his own kids in danger Mm -hmm. because Steve is quite happily taking the kids out for meals with Seamus and he has Mm -hmm. no idea. And I think once he finds out, he's going to be like, why why did you let me take like Leah and Lucas out Around with that father. this man that you know is gonna be thinking that he might yeah, has the potential to be, you know, abusing them. How many months ago did Steve try to kiss Brendan and Brendan try to kiss Steve and Doug still doesn't know about it. So I don't know. I think Dee's I was saying something about Steve yeah. finding out one thing or another and Dee was talking about how skeptical she was that he would do anything. I am too. I feel like that character has been essentially yeah. ruined. He will just do whatever he does. Whatever gets yeah. his dick hard. Yeah. That's what well, he's going to It's because they're determined to not have anything keep them apart. And that's the sad thing. And But that's one of the honest things about how some of these people choose their man or their woman over their children's safety. Because I'm sorry, but there's way too many incidents in real life where people have chosen a man that has, that has a prison record, who has some sort of abuse in their previous life, and their child ends up being the victim. I mean, there's way too many incidents of kids being horrible incidences of their lives being lost because their mama wanted to have this man in their life. Mm. And it's horrible. And this is and I think this is the storyline that they're trying their Kirkwood is finally finally focusing on about Steve and Brendan because they could be honest with each other. Mm. They could truly be honest, but they're not. 
and they're not being honest to themselves. They're not honest to the people around them. And that is, and they're, they're the ones that are destroying their relationship. Walker's just, Walker's just there being able to pick and choose what pieces he can use to help with that destruction. But it's, it's D and, and Brendan's silence. That's going to kick them in the ass in the end. Yeah, I think, and that's I, why I'm glad that Doug is not involved in it at all because mm. I don't want Doug I don't want people are going to blame him anyway but I don't mm. want Doug involved in any of that stuff because that's not his responsibility anymore Steve chose that I hear that yeah, that's I'm, fine I agree with that too you know that's not, I mean that's the reason why I, I mean I agree with them and that's what I want to happen because obviously I mean everything that it comes down to is just like different decisions um, you know like choices at least and you know he to choose brendan well you know what's the one that's like the dance between him and you know the will so i mean i do like that and I, I get everything but i'm just saying that in terms of what he told mitch it's not a matter that mitch could do anything for him but it's just a matter of being an heir i mean could tell yes but i mean i still say that it's not that easy to tell somebody regardless how long you've been with them you because know? i know people personally who've been in the rest of how long and they haven't tell them that situation happened to them so mm. You know, yeah, I can't, just, I can't. The, the, I, the silence and the secrets, though, build up and lead to unhealthy relationships, like Sonny finding out that Will had a baby <laughs> with Sam. <Yeah. laughs> I'm, I'm just not a fan of romantic relationships where long silences are allowed to build up. Mm. Because I think people have this, some people have the this thought that, if I don't talk about this potentially damaging thing in my relationship, it's going to be okay. It's going to be forgotten about, but it's not. There's going to be some part of that relationship. There's going to be something going on where somebody senses something isn't right. And if that thing isn't addressed, if it's just allowed to build up and fester and fester, it's just going to blow over until there's nothing nice to come out of it. And I just want to pick up on Diva talking about uh, mothers and their children, just to segue into the lovely Mitzi and Maxine being pregnant by Magic Mm -hmm. Mike Black. (laughs) 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 About that. Were y'all surprised Mitzi came up pregnant? No, I knew it was going to be messy. I'm just trying to figure out why they did something that was very kind of screwed up. They retconned the time of Riley's death because didn't Riley die in September? I have no idea. Well, what happened? Because now they're saying that Mitzi is like two months, like it's been two months since she was with Riley. Because that was the only time she's been with well, she was, I guess, was it two months since she was with the Magic Mike? Yeah, I think they got together around New Year's, huh? Yeah, so I guess she was talking about Magic Mike. Do you know what because, I'm hoping? Because yeah. there's no way that it can be Riley's kid because she should be showing. I mean, they got Sinead showing and she had was she was with Reese in, um, in October. Wait a minute, are we supposed to believe she's pregnant with Riley's kid? I think that might be where they're going. Oh. Yeah, that's uh, well, that's what I thought was going to happen. I think it would be kind of a nice way to um to send her out though. If she was pregnant with Riley's kid and she just went off. Okay. Yeah. But they're okay. retconning that. They had sex the last day that he was alive, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. 
the pregnancies on this show are a bit erratic. Um, for anyone that remembers, Amy Barnes was pregnant for about two years before she actually had Leah. <laughs> and then again, another about three years before she had Lucas. So. Oh, my goodness. Well, yeah, if they want to give Riley bits his baby, I, I will forgive them for that. I, I think yeah, that'll be okay. Yeah, that's, I think that's what's going to happen. Okay, that's good. As her that... happy ending, because Mitzi deserves a happy ending. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do not no. want her going out on a sad ending at all. No, no me either. All right, and I guess. Oh, I didn't talk about Will. So. Oh yes. I just it was. I thought it was funny how. His first couple weeks in Hollyoaks, Brian Kirkwood set up the character of Will to be in scenes with his real life girlfriend while she's being flirted with with another actor. Did y'all notice that? I was just like, no, he didn't. And he even had uh, Emmett Scanlon and Claire Cooper sharing scenes. I don't know that I've seen them in scenes together my time watching the well, show. Well, it's and been a while but, since... But Will and, Will and Teresa used to be together, so... On the show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just thought it was funny how I thought it was cute that they were like doing it. They're they're a couple in real life and they're mm-hmm. kind of flirting with each other on screen. I thought that was interesting. Did y'all care? I'm not the only one who noticed it. I thought yeah, it was that's mm-hmm. Yeah, you. I think you. I didn't really care because I just thought it was interesting that, especially with how manipulative Will is being, mm-hmm. that he was really mad. He was kind of like like pissed off that his brother was was is with his ex in front of his face and he and he's doing everything to kind of cause trouble like when he dared when he dared Dodger to go talk up to those girls in the wheelchair right in front of Teresa yes and it's he, just like and like Dodger just didn't even get it so I'm like I'm like in between well Claire Devine coming back, Jen acting all evil. And I don't Paul. think Ali is going to be hurting. And Mercedes and uh, Paul on the scene. Merce- that show is not going to be hurting for sn- snarky characters nope. to give to these people on the show. And I think it's pretty good. Mm. Do, you know, um, do you know what I can't abide, though, is all the scenes of Will crying. I'm like, oh, for goodness sakes, I don't feel sorry for you. I'm sorry. I'm never going to feel sorry for you. You brought it on yourself. You threw yourself down the blooming stairs. Serious. He doesn't really, he is not really concerned about him. He is playing these people. He's sick. That's why he up there wearing them serial killer looking glasses. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's, I, I'm thinking like his hair isn't all messed up as it used to be, right? They kind of got it in control because they were trying to make him seem like kind of like this jaunty kid, but now he's kind of like his his. I always wanted to like rub my fingers through his hair just to get it in control because it was all screwed up every now na- because it just was like, oh, you know, he's like that nerdy kid, but it was like, yeah, you're a nerdy kid, but you fix your hair, you know. That's that was my ill petty thing about I hated his hair because his hair was like always fly away and they always they're still dressing him up to try to hide how fit he is mm. which is bothersome to me because he's a fit person yeah he's cute he can act I know he's evil I love it all right so let's close up y'all with a quick call it's been three weeks since Hollyoaks has been under the control in my opinion of Brian Kirkwood real quick love it or hate it I think Anna <laughs> 
Uh, I'll say love it. D. Loving it. L. Loving it, loving it, loving it. <laughs> Tara, are you with us? Yeah, yeah, I love it. What you thinking? Loving? Are you loving Hollyoaks these past three weeks or hating it? No, no, I, I like it, but I'm just, you know, I'm watching the same way, but yeah, I love it. Alrighty. And me too. I love it as well. I think the show has been better than it has in a long time. With everything coming down the pike, it's going to continue getting better, and I, I can't wait. Alright, so y'all ladies, do y'all have any closing words for our listening public? Anybody can go. Um, well, I'll just say, you know what, like, I don't know if there's any Chinese members but like happy chinese new year if anything because today's chinese new year so i mean i hope you come back listen more and i hope you enjoy what we are saying and just come in and like leave a comment or something it'll be great so i want to say a special message to my beloved silas silas there is a lovely young lady in the village (laughs) who is uh impregnated with another man's husband no husband's baby no another woman's husband's baby and is a total (laughs) utter psychotic bitch so much so that she left the uh beloved granddaughter of the lovely frankie (laughs) in a in a, a, a looking like a poor little umpa lumpa in a bed. I just feel like you should come along and get to know this Sinead. I mean, I think you two would get <laughs> so well. I just think, you know, she's she's just she's just exactly your type, my darling. So come back to Hollyoaks. That's all. Bye. How are we supposed to follow that up? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Let's just celebrate the fact that Doug apparently got a load of dick in New York. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Okay, I can. I, I'll go off on L's. Um, I think if Silas could wait at least maybe six more months until Sinead actually had the baby, because I think he does have a moral <laughs> issue about killing yeah, children, I, 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 you know, yeah. babies. You know, I think he'll wait a couple months and then he can come back and kind of rain holy hell on a couple of people and a couple of women. But if he wanted to start off starting at the top maybe he can go after Jen you know because Jen basically messed with this girl's head Tilly's head for a whole year you know let her on and then threw her under the bus so I think she's on the top of the list to get him back in in the uh, get him back in the swing of things so I think that can work Um, I'm just very very happy pleased delighted elated that Brian Kirkwood has his show back. Um, I am pleased at what I've seen within the last three weeks. I am really, really, really enjoying it. And again, I I personally only have a couple more weeks until the show is what I always wanted without Brendan <laughs> Britton. I, I, I'm sorry, I, Tara. I'm really sorry, but I can't stand Brendan, and I have a little calendar counting That's off fine. the days. You don't like I got. I like gotta it. be honest, uh, and I do. I have a calendar counting off the days. 
Denise, because... I'm so shocked. I thought you loved Brendan. Yeah, I know. I like no, I <laughs> mine on Twitter. I thought she you was were his so like shocked. number one she fan. Like, she was like, Oh my god, what are you talking about? I said, I'm I joking. I had this image of you sat there in an I love Brendan t shirt, drinking out <laughs> oh of my cup with the mustache uh, on it. Yeah. Girl, I know what drugs you smoked on that one. Thank you. I lost the bet. <laughs> But well, I, I, I will yeah. say as well, I am, first of all, grateful for my podcast sisters. Thank you guys so much for uh, participating this week. I love hearing all your opinions. Uh, thank you for everybody that listens to the Hollyoaks podcast. We love and appreciate you guys. And we'll be back with another episode in three weeks. I also want to give a shout out to Brian Kirkwood. Thank you for coming back to Hollyoaks. Your work and saving the show. All actors on Hollyoaks, y'all are kicking ass right now. Thank you for that. Thank you for giving us a quality show that we can love and enjoy and appreciate. Woo! It is easy doing this podcast, but we don't have to just bitch and moan. We can also celebrate the goodness of this show and see us celebrating more and more. So, uh, I think in closing, I will close like Justin say, bye. Bye. bye.